0: Hey, everybody, yeah. welcome back to Black Belt. Or Bust. I'm Keely. <laughs> and I missed you. big pause.
1: <laughs> this is terrible. That's a big um, voice. Yes. So today we're talking about competition. And, and how competitors
0: can be selfish assholes. We know. Yes. We are sometimes.
1: Yeah. And it's basically like as we were discussing before recording, it's like a. The way we've evolved as competitors, um, evolved as jujitsu practitioners, and oh. basically, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see the way our mindset shifted from the last competition episode we did in 2020, because it's yeah. been almost two years since we did that, and it's crazy. The podcast is almost say, so Like, how
0: do you know that? I do the like the coordinating for the episodes, and I didn't even yeah. realize that. So I was thinking about it the other day. I was like,
1: holy shit. Like it's been almost two years, but But, like last
0: year's schedule, because like I was hoping we would be farther along in terms of episodes, but then Mm -hmm. I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, like we hit really like some rough patches in terms of like the episodes like this year, it'll pick back up.
1: Um, Yeah, definitely. I
0: I would like to hit our hundredth episode this year. Yes.
1: But like, there's been a lot going on. Like obviously competitions last year, we competed a lot. You moved um, changes with jobs, everything like
0: yeah. that. So that's why we didn't record because well, we had other like, priorities. Yeah. And now it's like I'm trying to buy a house, and that's all of it. Yeah. There. So yeah, I was actually talking to somebody the other day where, like, I made a master schedule of the whole year, right? Yeah. For stuff like either local to our area or the big IBJJFs for everybody to plan out together. Because yeah. our competition team, it's really great, and it's actually been pretty coordinated. We all downloaded this app called Slack. And that was so we wouldn't have like group messages blowing up with like 50 people in it. Right. Yeah. And you can make threads. And so we have like a competition thread, a schedule thread, so we can figure out who's going to what event, to be able to figure out like travel, housing, stuff like that. It's worked out really well so far. And any updates for like our training schedule go on that too. So this worked out really well and it was free and it, yeah. it handles a lot of people. So that was, that was pretty awesome. Um, yeah. anyways,
1: and this episode's not, <laughs> it's not sponsored by Slack, but <laughs> Somebody's that's going to be like, he's promoting Slack now guys. No, um. no. Um, no, it really is a good platform for messaging. Cause we do it. Uh, Natalie has all of us on Slack too. So it's like really easy without everything blowing up.
0: Yeah. It was, it um, was super convenient, but a couple of us were talking where we were just like, where we're at right now, isn't not, we're not ready for competition. It's that the financial obligation. So a lot of us have talked about, all right, especially those that are doing master worlds. It's like, how yeah. about like August to December is going to be our heavy competitions. We all yeah. might do one or two earlier, like how we've got the Arte Suave and Denver coming up pans is in april Pan- well pans is the weekend but, is the week before uh, the adc so you've west
1: got yeah so you've got two major tournaments early in the year well make three yeah. so euros is well worlds this is in june. this week so you got euros this week um pans west coast trials in april then you've got worlds in june and then there's always there's already like masters worlds coming up and like well, it
0: wasn't wasn't American Nationals in June too?
1: Yeah, but I don't think the IBJJF has released it yet, have they? No, it, not this year. They just have so like, the like schedule. That's around that
0: time frame.
1: Um, it's a there's a lot going on. And like when they released the, the registration for Masters Worlds, I got super overwhelmed because I'm like, oh my God, like this is it's $150 here and $150 there. Mm. And it's all this, like all this shit. So like, I'm looking at it and now I'm just like, oh my God, like, this
0: is just and a if, lot. Like, you have to register early. Yes. Or kind of the, the, part.
1: the event fills up. So you have to register early. You have to make sure your IBJJF membership's up to date. That is not and so. <laughs>
0: I, I know, I know I just need to do it.
1: Well, it's just, there's so many different, it, it's just, it's a lot. And for me, it's starting to feel very overwhelming. And what I'm frustrated with, I'm really, really frustrated because it's not the fact that I already have a large amount, a large number of women that are already registered for PANS in my division. That's fine. They're not doing the IBJJF opens. So when I'm going to look at my division, because the IBJJF has... Boise Nashville Indianapolis Atlanta just happened
0: Miami's about um, to happen
1: Miami New Orleans I had in maybe a couple of the Nashville's in April Oh, okay. um but I'm looking at the ones that I was going to do and I would have maybe I would have one or nobody in my division for the the opens and I'm like uh so you're all just going to do pans, but you're not willing to compete in any of these other opens. Like it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it's like, why are you? But you only. I mean, the big one. Yeah, like. So, I'm starting to think a lot more about like people in jujitsu and competitors. And one of the reasons I want to interview there's a competitive black belt. I really want to interview him for the podcast because he is a very successful competitor as a black belt. And he, he's a very, it's not even like he's a skilled jujitsu practitioner. He's very hardworking, but he's somebody I want to interview for the podcast because he has absolutely no interest in competing anymore. And Talking to him because he's doing privates with me. I want to interview him for the podcast to talk about it because I think you're able to see that on some level with a lot of people who are successful in jujitsu that aren't they're not competing anymore. And I'm really curious to talk to them because for me, it's like I want to like I want to do these things, but at the same time, I need to prioritize my mental health. And if my mental health's not prioritized, then I'm not gonna be a good athlete or um, competitor. And I was thinking about like, okay, so I like to compete. Why do I like to compete? Well, if I I compete, that's a goal. I'm very goal driven because if I don't have goals, then I get lazy and I don't want to do anything, period. I just want to sit and watch TV. So I have to have a goal toward work, work towards. So competition is a goal of mine and then so that p- keeps me going to the gym but training jiu-jitsu <laughs> is good for my mental health oh it's your cat I know he's so cat. cute um I know I need a pet but mm-hmm. it, for those who he's are listening we can't he you can't even see Oh, for those who can't see, Keely's holding up her cat, Lily, who loves me. That is my, like,
0: my honestly, godchild. This is, this is her cat. Let's yeah, it. but he lives it, in Colorado. Yeah, this so. is your godchild. Yeah. That, um, I think Kisa has become your godchild too. Yes, she has.
1: She yeah. has. So, um,
0: Unfortunately, but anyway. <laughs> that means that if anything ever happens to me, you have to take Kisa and Chaos because they're I a will. package deal. <laughs> I'll just take all
1: of them. Oh. Um, But... Cool. What uh, jiu-jitsu does for me, it's good for my mental health and it keeps me going to the gym every day. So that's really why I like to compete. And the problem with competitors, they tend to tie their value and their self-worth into their results of their competition. Oh, 100%. And one of the reasons people don't like, I think one of the hardest parts about competing, and I was thinking about this yesterday, One of the hardest parts of competing is when you lose, you feel like you're disappointing everybody. And that's so far from the truth because, you know, when I see my teammates and the people I support out competing and they lose, I still think very highly of them. I, my, my opinion does not change about them. You know, I go and I support them because they want to do this thing. And I just started having these realizations these past couple of weeks. And then I started thinking about social media and I'm like, would as many people compete if they didn't have Facebook and Instagram to post to after
0: well, they won their competition. You notice how some people they won't even it where it's like you fucking lost yeah. but you're posting these highlight reels where you look fantastic. Like, so that was one thing that was pretty frustrating is here recently like a clip of the fight to win I did where yes at the very beginning of the match as I was like resetting towards the center which the ref didn't call for that was me because you know I'm a dumbass um ducked my head got caught in a guillotine but I got my guard popped back out and then I got on top and was able to hang out for the rest like I was on top for the rest of the match and I ended up getting the unanimous decision right but there's a literally a clip of me just getting kind of like caught in the guillotine and snapped down. Yeah. And it was with, with a person. Right. And I was just thinking like, I fucking beat you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why are you sharing? Well, and it's not a
0: highlight. Cause you didn't, she didn't finish the
1: submission either. Like, it's like you started it, but it didn't have a finish.
0: Right. So and it's so not it's even like, like a real so highlight. How many, how many of these highlight videos Are true, or they were just good parts of a match because you can dominate an entire match and still lose with like 10 seconds left. I've seen it done. Yeah. It's happened to me. You know, like I like, I, I have like, have told you before, I was up a match where I was like up 30 something to nothing. And in the last couple set, like the last 13 seconds, um, She was extremely bendy and Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm just going to hold here for the rest of the match instead of progressing. And she managed to like shove my arm and get an arm bar in 13 seconds, you know, like that's why you don't quit fighting, but well,
1: and it's like, that's (laughs) why at the end of the day you lost. Yeah. Um, and then like with pans for me in September, my first match I won I was down like she was up like five points. I think she had an advantage on the board. I had nothing and it was like a minute and a half left and I had to keep fighting and I submitted her at the end of the match. Mm-hmm. But when I did that, it was like a yeah, like I won. I was just like holy shit. That was close. I can't believe mm-hmm. I did that. Relief, I didn't feel, brother,
0: like, excitement. Yeah,
1: It was so much relief because I was like stuck or what well, I wasn't stuck I thought I was stuck mentally and then pulled that out and I was like because still in my head I'm not like fuck yeah I want that match I'm just like oh my god like I <laughs> I can't believe that I like got through that better it's like um, well shit glad I pulled that off yeah um But I think about it, I'm like, if social media wasn't around, like, if you didn't have an Instagram picture to take, would you still
0: compete or that? And then so many people take pictures of these medals, right? Yeah. This is, this has happened to a girl I've beaten before where for the weekend they posted all the medals they got Mm -hmm. and they were like, uh, like promoting themselves. And it was like one of those gold medals, you stepped on a scale received your gift. Yeah. And you're claiming that you won it. Yeah. We like as females, we understand. Yes. Like there might be one other person in your bracket. There might be no one in your bracket. So you might have to move weights. You might have to move ages, but at the end of the day, if you're wanting to compete, why wouldn't you try to exhaust those options? Mm -hmm. I understand there's the concern of like, but I want to finally be able to compete at my own weight. I get that. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're really down to compete, you move to get competition.
1: Yeah. And sometimes even if you're in the masters, you've got to go down to adult. Yeah. Like if you want to compete, like you can't complain. The other thing is too, like, people will complain that they have nobody in their division, but they've got people either in the age group below them or weight below them. And well, wait, wait, I'm above thinking
0: down, you mean, or wait above, sorry. Cause you, yeah. you can't drop down. Right.
1: Yeah. But
0: notice some people are like, I don't have, or if you're to close with.
1: enough, or if you're close enough to cut weight and you've done it healthy in a way to where you're like, oh, I just have to cut maybe like a pound or two and you can pull it off mm-hmm. in a healthy way. I'm not saying yeah, that like the different. last minute. Right. Um, but I'm saying that if you're like, oh yeah, a couple pounds will be easy. I just got to drop some water weight, well, like, you know, whatever. I've had
0: before on like some of these like opponent finders where they're like, I'm down for any, like, nobody wants to compete with me. I'm down for anybody. And I will offer, even if I'm at the weight disadvantage, I've offered a match to a girl where I was like 20 pounds lighter and they wouldn't mm-hmm. take it where I was yeah. like, you don't have to lose any weight. I don't give a shit. Like, let's go. Wouldn't yeah. like go well, see me. And people,
1: I think there's so much ego. Like, I think there's so much ego in jujitsu. People will talk about no ego. It's bullshit. Everybody's got okay. ego, be it a healthy ego or an unhealthy ego. Nobody wants to lose. Like nobody wants to fucking lose, especially when you're paying to compete. And, uh, Timothy, Timothy, who runs the Fuji BJJ tournaments, right?
0: The motherland. He, yeah. yeah. Well, he he runs them for mainly like East Coast, um, and a little bit into the Midwest. Yeah. But did you see all the brackets yes. he's been putting together? He's been putting together paid yeah. brackets, and people yes. are ghosting where they're like, "I yeah. want to get paid, I want to compete." And he said, "All right, bet every single tournament I'll have uh like an eight to sixteen man for a thousand dollars." And then he starts calling on him, and he's like, "Hey, you said you were down," and they're like, "Oh no, I got like this hangnail."
1: Yeah. So that's the other part is you, you've got to show up mm-hmm. when you're given opportunity. And like when you're given the opportunity to compete for a very low uh, entry fee, either like a really low entry fee or no, fucking take it. Like if you get the opportunity to compete for free, take it. Mm-hmm. Like nobody gives a shit if you lose. And I'm seeing this a lot more even with people who are coming to jujitsu later in their lives, we're talking like late twenties to their thirties and they want to compete and be these high level competitors. I'm like, I don't, I'm like, I'm an asshole. So like you missed the boat, (laughs) you missed the boat on becoming this like ADCC champion. Okay. Um, But if you want to compete, like I said, My goal is I have to be goal-oriented in order to keep my ass in the gym because I want a black belt one day. So I'm not competing because I'm like, I expect to be an ADCC champion or a black belt adult world champion or anything like that. I just got to keep my ass going to the gym. So competition is the best way to do it. I do hate that like with IBJJFs, I've got to pay $150, but the most opponents I'm going to get or my chance to compete is at the IBJG, at the IBJGFs. I have seen with Fuji, however, there are a lot more women and there are a lot of blue belt women that will compete at Fuji. You just have to be willing, even the day of, let's say you miss weight, right? They will move you to another weight division Mm -hmm. day of. They are willing to give you mat time. And for people who want to compete, that's why I'm trying to push them more towards that because I'm like, if you don't want to pay to travel and do an IBJJF. Why don't you get some experience with some of these yeah. um, ones that are, they cost less, you do less travel. Well, that, um, and then
0: like, yeah. notice, notice a lot of the women that are like, Hey, I need like, where are all these people? Can they move for me? Right. Right. You notice Mm -hmm. that's the narrative a lot of the times, or at least that's what I've noticed. Where it's like, hey, can this person who's low, like, I understand if it's the only person around you is one class below you and you're like, Mm -hmm. hey, would they move for me? That's one thing. But whenever you're trying to convince other people to meet you where you are, but you are not willing to also meet them where they are. Yeah. That's skewed where it's like, if you want people to be able to compete with you, you also need to be flexible to be able to compete with other people. Like I've told everybody, I'm like, my big ass can only get down to this weight when I'm prepared for it. If it's last minute, I can't get my weight down this much, but I am happy to go as high as you want. Like I'll take rank. I'll like, I mean, one of my super fights that was in, uh, yeah, in Memphis before I moved from South Carolina was with a Brown belt, a a seasoned Brown belt who recently got her black belt, you know? So it's like, I'll go up in rank. I'll go up and wait. I physically can only get to a certain point below me. It's not that I'm not willing to, it's that in order to stay healthy, to be able to compete, that's as much as I can do.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of entitlement and it's so weird to me that people will have this entitlement where I'm like, you're not anybody special. Like, why do you think that Everything has to revolve for you, you know, like, and there have been times where I've taken super fights at the last minute because they needed a competitor. Mm-hmm. And I jumped in because I'm like, all right, like, <laughs> you're giving me a chance to compete for free. Of course, I'm going to fucking take it. And I don't have to travel. Yeah. Or like the most I've have had have to travel is like an hour and a half. Okay. So I take that opportunity. I don't care if I lose, like, thank you. Thank you so much for asking me mm-hmm. to
0: compete. Like, that's how I feel. Um, well, it's like, you know, remember yeah. my first fight to win, how I went through four opponents. Yeah. Before finally getting one. And I had told him, I was like, I will take any of these weights. I will do gi. I will do no gi. Yeah. I will. I even told him, I was like, hey, if you can find me another match, I'll do two matches that night. Yeah. Like. Yeah, we want to, we would, we, we just want to play, yeah, you know?
1: and I think that's the attitude a lot more people need to have. So, and I told this to, was I was talking to one of the guys yesterday, and I'm like, everybody, I'm like, the people I compete against will get so frantic, and I'm like, I just want to tell them to chill out, like, let's just have a good let's have a good time I know we're trying <laughs> we're just... to do each
0: other but let's have fun
1: <laughs> like there's no need to stress about it and even I realized too like a lot of people like it's crazy to me okay and I I've been I don't know why I've been so like objectively thinking about things lately but I'm sitting here and I'm like if for most people if we're being really honest, if you are coming into jujitsu later in your life and you're wanting to be this competitor, a lot of the times people do it, it's kind of like when they do the mud runs or like the Spartan races, people need to feel like a warrior on their day off. Like they need to feel like
0: they've accomplished something big. And I know it makes me seem like an asshole. Okay. No, I just, I remember (laughs) like my favorite quotes from you are when you're like, it's like those moms who are doing a 5k. Like the, you're the, accomplished
1: because you walk, you walk to 5k. Okay. So like, and people
0: are going to be like, we're God, not Misty is a fucking bitch. No, some, I know somebody's <laughs> going to come back and be like some people, that's all they can do. And I, I respect that. I understand that. I'm not it's talking about if you're
1: pushing yourself and you haven't done anything, like you have somewhere to start. I'm talking about like this is what you need to feel accomplished See, or to feel like a warrior. And when this is another place where I'm coming from too, the need to feel like I do this in air, quote unquote, a warrior. So when I say these things, I'm thinking about it in terms of like, you know, my childhood, the things that I've gone through in life, I don't need the mats to make me feel like a warrior for competition. Cause I'm like, Y'all don't fucking scare me because there's some scary shit. Like, this isn't where I go to feel like a fucking warrior. Like the mats are where I go to find peace. I don't go to war on the mats. I go there to find peace. And that's my mentality now, even as a competitor, where I'm like, no, this is the thing that brings me joy. I don't need it to stress me out. I don't need to feel that the the five foot two. 110, 110 to 15 pound girl I'm looking at is going to fucking kill me. Cause she's not, I've faced bigger, scarier things in my life. <laughs> so it's like, that's where I come from. And I probably sound like an asshole to a lot of people by saying that. No, but- not at
0: all. <laughs> Cause it's like, I'm thinking of the people that they do things and it's more participation than it is yeah. a challenge for themselves. Yes. They perceive it. And it's not, it's not even, they, they perceive it. They want other people to perceive it as the hardest thing they've ever done in their entire life. But that was not a challenge for you yourself. For some people is a like 1k challenging. Absolutely. For other people, it's like, this is not your reigning accomplishment. You could have done so much more but yeah. you chose not to, but you're acting as though like you were this fantastic, awesome, amazing individual that just, like you said, maybe walked a 5k. Yeah. So it's not, okay. it's, it's, it's addressing the amount of intensity. And if you actually get a challenge out of something to that person. So for yeah. me, there's a couple people that they think they're hot shit and they go do a Naga with one person. Yeah. Right, And it's somebody that maybe they're like 30, 40 pounds more than, um, but they think that they're like God's given gift to man. Yeah. Where it's like, all right, if you think so highly of yourself, like we were talking a little bit earlier where it was like, had been told about a female that didn't like training with other women because it was too easy. And it's like, yeah, it's too easy. If it's brand spanking new women that are 50 to 80 pounds lighter than you. Yeah. And they're brand new. Of course, that's not it. Why aren't you, if you know that there are other women that can beat your ass, why aren't you training with them? Yeah. You know, so like, don't say that when you are only training with certain people. Yeah. And the people that are going to beat your ass.
1: Yeah. And I'm not even saying either like,
0: because yeah,
1: I'll post like on my social media or even when I feel like I have like a default medal, I'm like, I got third today. It was a default to, <laughs> like, we were the only ones Or are like, if you see a first and second place and there's two people, like I lost my match, like fucking duh. Um, but I think a lot about like when you ha- compete and thinking about competition prep, are you, you've got to kind of evaluate, like, are you seeking outside validation for this like, are you doing this to so think people think better of you? Um, are you wanting people to think better th- of you? Um, because if you're, you compete and you're trying to challenge yourself, that's such a good thing. It is such a good thing because you're going out and testing your skill. You're going out and testing this thing that you're learning every day. Because competition is a test to see if you're you're picking up what you're learning. It's just like school where it's, you're, you're taking a test to see, you take a test to see if you really understood the, the information. And I think competition is the same way, but you don't have to do it. Um, well,
0: and that that's like the really like nice way to put it. Um, and I'm going to be Debbie downer for a second where it's like, if you truly want to compete, we can be assholes. And ultimately, there is a amount of selfishness that goes into competing because, you know, maybe yeah. you're sacrificing your time elsewhere, maybe in other relationships. Yeah. Uh, maybe you're not doing as many social events. Cause you're like, uh ah, no, like I need, I need to be on weight or I need to save my money to be able to do this. So I'm not going yeah. to do these events. I'm not going to go out to eat with you. I'm not going to go out to happy hour. So you might be sacrificing, your energy and time elsewhere. And that's okay. Because it's like, if this is your goal and this is what makes you happy, ultimately that's what you want to do. I'm just saying like, be understanding that that time and energy takes from other things. And a lot of people in relationships don't understand that. Um, and I'm talking about any type of relationship. I'm not talking about just like with your significant other. I'm talking about like, you know, with your friends, with your family, like other things.
1: Oh, yeah. Because we'll have stuff like, let's say the gym is doing uh, stuff that they do. You know, if I've got a competition coming up, I can't have as much fun or I don't go because I need to sleep. Mm-hmm. And you have to make those sacrifices, even if you're in your 30s like me, where you're like, no, I signed up to do nogi worlds i can't eat uh <laughs> this shit or i can't drink like you know i gotta watch my wait because i i decided to do that so you've got to be responsible yeah. for that um and then if you're looking at maybe some of the younger athletes in the gym depending on if they're still like under the age of 18 where their parents are paying for them to take jujitsu and their parents are trying to get them to compete their parents are doing all these things that's completely different. And then if they're in their, you know, their twenties, their early twenties, their late teens, and they're do, trying to do this on their own because they want to be a black belt world champion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, all the priorities are going to be so different for everybody
0: in the gym. Uh, and then you add that financial those goals mm-hmm. so sometimes, mm-hmm. and that's fine. a big one. So sometimes it's not even that you're like either at the gym training or it's like going, uh, eating that food, maybe you're on weight, but you just are like, I spent my money on this. I cannot go to that. Even if you're free and available and ready, it's just one of those, Mm -hmm. like, Nope, I can't do that. My budget is my budget's gone. Um, yeah. Or I know one thing I've, uh, sacrificed is like as much time at home Mm -hmm. to spend with my significant other, Because I'm like certain days of the week, I stay at work longer to have shorter days, other days to go to the gym or to go work out. And so it's like our time together is a little sacrificed because I've altered my work schedule to be able to do things. Um, Yep. And then just like in in general, and it really, it really brings me back to like when I first started jujitsu and when I was doing MMA and I was like, since I was single by myself, You know, I don't like the the big reason why I don't do it anymore is I don't like the person I was because it was all about, okay, do just enough in my graduate degree, get my shit done and then leave to go to the gym. And then I would spend all day at the gym um, and I based all aspects of my life on that. You know, if I felt like shit, it was probably because I overtrained. So, like when I was at work the next day, I would kind of be a piece of shit, or I'd be yeah. grumpy because I didn't sleep, because I had gotten like kicked in the face, you know? Yeah. And or I was well, this hurting. Is, and this so is like, a... I don't like who I was, and I know yeah. I was a very selfish person then because in yeah. my mind it was all about what I needed to do rather than what other people were asking of me.
1: Yeah, and. That's another thing. This sport is very hard on the body. Mm-hmm. You need your body or like the longevity of your body. And if you want to continue to do this in the long run, um, I think about people who are sacrificing like people will joke about injuries in jujitsu and always being injured. And I don't think it's fucking funny. Cause I'm like, well, uh, you need your knees, you need to walk, you need your hands. Like they, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I get to yeah. a point where I'm like, um, if you want to do this for a long time and people are like, probably, like I said, people are probably like, God, Misty is a bitch. But there are people who are like, like white belts who overtrain and get injured. Blue belts who overtrain and get injured. Like, I do not, I'm, I'm very aware of the fact that, I'm not going to make money from (laughs) jujitsu. Like, I know that. Okay. Um, so I'm not willing to blow out my knee or do other things. Like it's, it's not, that's not something I can do. Um, because you have, there are a lot of younger people in the sport that, you know, they can compete at ADCC. They can be uh, they can do who's number ones and they can do uh gi worlds at the adult level and they can succeed because they can make money in the long run. Cause that's why they're going after those things. So they can continue to do this or own their own academies and build their own teams. Um, some people are going into MMA, right? Like they're doing it because they're trying to go to MMA and make bigger money by getting a huge professional contract. So yeah. but I think about it and I'm like, if you are in your thirties, there is no point like that I can see to continue to get injured and continue to compete. You're not going to be this like black belt who like, I want to be like my goal. Okay. I want to get my black belt. Be f- like right before I turn 40, if I can get my black belt, at the age of 39, that's going to be a huge accomplishment for me. God damn it. That's like four and a half years. So I got to do big things, but for me, okay. Okay. I just thought about it. That's why I need to compete more so I can eventually get my black belt before I turn. <laughs> like a fucking idiot. Okay. Realization. So anyways, <laughs> but like For me, I just want to have fun going to, uh, master's worlds every, every year in Vegas and like partying and having fun with my team in my forties as a black belt. Like I want to do that. Like, that's fun to me. Those are the things that I want. And I was telling David, I said, you know, it's hard for me. Like if I look at all these different black belt, like women, right. I'm not going to be like an Elizabeth clay or a I bastos? You know, I'm not that I look up to them. I admire what they do. They're skilled grapplers or I, I respect the hell out of them as athletes. I love to support them and continue to watch what they do. You know, I'm not going to be that because that, that, that doesn't fit, but I can look at like the black belt women who are in their forties that are really fucking cool. Like do you know who I'm talking about? Like, I know what you mean. Where
0: okay. So here's I'm like, that's my goal. I, I want to be like, think about it. I constantly <laughs> think about it being an adult where it's like, I'm not making excuses for myself. Like my performance can always be better, but I also um, have to realize that it's like a lot of the women that I'm competing with have done this since they were like five years old. They do this every single day. A lot of them are homeschooled. And I know, I know I've talked about this in other podcasts. So everybody's like, Keely, shut the fuck up about this. Like, get off your soapbox. Um, they don't, like you were talking about, a lot of them, their parents pay for a lot of it. So they don't have that financial stress and uh, insecurity. Because I know a lot of us that are competing also tie it back to, like, if you go and have one match and you paid all this money for it, you just lost all that money to go mm-hmm. lose a match. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's happened to me before where it's like, I had one match for an IBJJF and I lost it. And it was like, why the fuck did I spend all this money to come here, to travel, to pay for the IBJJF, to do housing, food, all that stuff.
1: And if you have a full-time I mean, job, PTO, yeah. and that's costing
0: you Vacation PTO as well. Time. Um, And I know like I was talking to somebody the other day and they go, oh, like if you don't have any women show up, still go and get your points. And in my mind, I was like, I'm not about to fucking go this whole way and pay to compete, air quotes, to not even have a match, just to get a medal and get points. No, Mm -hmm. fuck that. I'm the only time money to actually compete. Well, the only time that
1: really truly matters is at the black belt level to compete in the gi for worlds. So even when people do that, it's like, uh, no, like you, you don't have to do that. I mean, if you're wanting your rankings up in the IBJJF two or to get buys for bigger tournaments, but sometimes it's like, it, is it worth it? Like if you're putting out like a hundred, depending on when you're registered, if you're registering after early, it's about one hundred and fifty bucks. So you're paying one hundred and fifty dollars. Like we said, PTO. Like if you're having to travel to another state, um, you're having to use work time just to go, like you said, like all of that stuff, it's, it's not necessarily worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what people really have to weigh when they're coming into this and thinking about competing. And I think supporting your local tournaments are super important and it's not, it doesn't carry as much weight as an IBJJF does or prestige, but at the same time, if you're doing this because you're testing your skill or you're just trying to get better as a grappler, if you have an opportunity to compete for free or for a cheaper price until you can get into an IBJJF, do that. There are, um, what it like the tournament circuits, is that the proper name for it?
0: Yeah. Just like different circuits. and events. Yeah. About-
1: so like for me, like when I went to the, the Fuji in Hendersonville recently, Timothy was making sure everybody got me time. Like if you were like, hey, I want to compete in this division, in this division, they're letting you register. And I was, because I'm in one of his groups where it's like the paid super fights and brackets. And I, he was asking about one city and I was like, hey, and I gave him my information. I said, I'm down to do that. And he's like, hey, do you want to do a super fight with, with so-and-so? in Hendersonville on Saturday. And I was like, sure. What's the detail? I was like, if she's down, I'm yeah, let's do it. And we did a super fight for the kids at like 9am and it was free, but he let me register for nogi for free to do my own divisions. And when P and the other part of that too, is like if you're someone who gets nervous before you compete, the thing is you have to compete over and over and over again. It doesn't completely eliminate the nerves because you'll talk to people who've been doing this for yeah, like 10 years, still get, get nervous. nervous. But like, and the only reason I use that example, like for me, public speaking used to scare the shit out of me, but I do public speaking all the time now and I never get nervous. I used to get crazy nervous all the time. So mm-hmm. that's another way to look at it. But when I saw how Timothy constantly willing to make sure people get mat time, um, it's good to support those smaller those smaller tournaments or you may have people who they don't get the opportunity to compete at IBJJFs because they may have families um they don't have the funds to travel and if you're a down competitor signing up at local tournaments so you get the opportunity to compete with different people um which is super important too and it's Like I said, it's not this huge thing. Um, Just, you know, go and do it.
0: (laughs) And it's funny that you talk about like actually enjoying it because we've had the discussion where there's some of these um, young adults that have been doing it their whole life. And by the time they get their black belt in their early twenties, and they've competed this whole time, they're burnt out and they quit. Um, Yeah. I was talking to one of our black belts at the Denver location, Justin Downing today And he told me where he was just like, you know, I used to compete all the time. He's like, I got my black belt hella early. And he's like, sometimes I wish I hadn't, but I used to really enjoy competing. And then it kind of died off because not as many people were competing. I didn't enjoy it anymore. I felt like I was making myself. And now in our area, especially It seems like there's so many more masters doing like masters black belts, doing the local tournaments, just to be able to keep themselves sharp and do stuff like that. Like I know a handful Mm -hmm. of the black belts at our location in Centennial, they actively compete and they do it for fight to win. And they're like masters two, masters, three masters, four, and they're able to compete really well. And a lot of it is that they're training in a way that they are able to take care of themselves and they Mm -hmm. know when to say no. Yeah. And so to hear from a black belt where he was just like, you know, I'm fully supportive of like, because he was using like myself and the other purple belt, uh, Savage that we talk about a lot as an example. He's like, I'm fully supportive of like you and Savage doing as many things as you want. He's like, I, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of that journey to help y'all go places. He's like, yeah. But I he's like recently I've actually been wanting to compete again and so for some people they think that if they compete they only have to compete early and younger and as hard as possible and that's not the case you can compete a little bit as much as you want or not at all you can start I mean there's a jujitsu grandma that she's Mm -hmm. a blue belt and has just started competing you know there's some people that will compete like at white belt and never compete again or compete uh like never compete until they're brown and black belt, you know. So there are people that don't what you win. Do.
1: Yeah. And even like because losing is inevitable. And pe- there are people who don't even win till they're at a higher rank, too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important to note too. Um, but overall, I think so it's like there's so many different goals with it there's some people who they're sponsored athletes and they need to compete to keep their sponsorships because this is Uh, what they want to do.
0: Who is it? She's been doing a lot of Instagram content that has been absolutely wonderful. Her tag is like at Meg period H E. And she's been doing in terms of like, You're in jujitsu and you're looking for other sponsorships. What are the different types of sponsorships and how Mm. should you be doing that? And she really emphasized where she's like, if you are an athlete and you want paid for anything, this is your job, especially social media. They're like, if you're trying to say, oh, I do XYZ, you have to treat this like a job, meaning that you need certain content, you need to be at certain things, you need to be doing certain things in order to either maintain that relationship or get the benefits that you want out of it. And I just yeah. appreciated that she did such a business approach. So many people are like, yeah, I could do this. And, but they don't take it seriously. And they wonder why they get dropped, you know? Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, it's a business, Jiu-jitsu yeah. is a business, like yeah. here's the thing: all these tournaments and everything, most of the time they don't give a shit. If you have any matches, if anybody shows up for you, because guess what? You paid them. Yeah. So to find, bra- like, to find organizations like the ones led by Timothy, where they were like, no, I want to make sure you get a match. And then, like, Arte Suave, where they're like, we want to make sure you have a matchup so far out that you are prepared for it. Like, they make yeah. matchups a month out.
1: Yeah. So that you well, that's because- are because sure on weight. Uh, well, when Kelsey does them, Kelsey's very organized with it and she knows. And I think Kelsey competing as regular as, as regularly as she does, she understands the business side of jujitsu. And she's also a successful competitor because she's been a lifelong athlete and she knows how to run the business side of this. And that's why if you're wanting super fights, do the Arte suaves because did I say I don't even know if I say it arte right, suave. but yeah, arte suave. Um, doing those because they're being grand. You know, the person behind them is doing a good job at making sure that you get matchups. So,
0: well, and it's really funny. Yeah. Some people are like, "Well, they're not." Pretty much, they're like, "If it's not on flow grappling, it must not be legit." That's not true. No. And, it's and also if you want, like, oh, and there might be these right little ones that you can make bank at.
1: Oh yeah. Like, and here's the thing. If you want to get on flow grappling, you got to do the other shit too. You got to be yeah. good enough to be on flow grappling. And in order to get good enough, you got to do the small shit. Like there was a podcast episode with Craig Jones and he, this, it stuck out to me. He said, if you want to compete, you need to do everything. Mm-hmm. He said, do the, every single, if you really want to be a true competitor, take every opportunity you can where it's given to you. And you see that with like a lot of people who are really good competitors, they're competing at NAGAs. Well, and they're st- on who's number one, or yeah. they're doing like Nikki Rot, Nikki. And I say that because and yeah, I, I saw like Nikki Robert Rod. David.
0: He does like everything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you see them doing it like you know, like every, <laughs> yeah. on everything. And notice that, especially the ones that are doing, I know we kind of like sidebar hard on this one, but notice yeah, that a whatever. lot of a lot of the jujitsu practitioners that are making the most money, they are performers. Yes, they know how to bring in the money for a show. So again, yes. tying back to the business, what do businessmen like? For example, like Connor McGregor, he brought in money. When Ronda yeah. Rousey came back, she sold all those tickets. You know, it's a business. Yeah. So, even Well, that's why it's are... like,
1: okay. So like bringing that up, cause you, you said that. And that's what I was thinking about too. Like, yeah, let's, t- let's bring up the IBJJ. You don't have okay? to be
0: the best. No. Get some of these opportunities, yeah. but you need to make the best of the opportunities.
1: Or if people want to watch you, people have to want to watch you. To get your opportunities for you to get your opportunities. So it's like let's say you're applying for some fights. Like I'm just going to use examples, right? Like fight to win, for example, Seth is going to put matches together that are going to bring in money. So it's like, he's going to make sure that when he has people applying for matches, the ones who are bringing in money are probably getting matched up
0: first. Right. I mean, it's a priority. Or if he knows certain people in certain groups are going to sell tickets, that group is going to be prioritized. They're going to be given the, the best opportunities. Yeah. And the best show and, times. Yeah. Because they're selling the most, they're making him the most money.
1: Yeah. And if I go back, like I, going back even to like the IBJJF too, the IBJJF cares about their adult competitors and their master's black belts at master's Worlds. And I say that because if you didn't get a picture opportunity, like photographers aren't going around, they don't give a shit about blue belts. Like here's the, the and I, I go back to the whole ego thing too. It's like super fights. People want to watch purple belts and up for super fights. Let's be real. Or unless you're a really good fucking kid. If you're a kid who's really good, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to want to watch that shit. IBJJF, they're going to prioritize um, upper belt matches you know they're going to prioritize our adults you're you're i've, I've been noticing like who, how people are being prioritized as competitors so it's like if you're a 30 year old who just got their f- fucking blue belt nobody gives a shit
0: like, <laughs> well <I'm> like when <laughs> i was a blue belt I, I could not get a super fight to save my life they kept being yeah. like, like have you seen some pictures where people have shared where it's like call me back when you're a purple belt yes and so it's like, when I was a bluebell, it wasn't until like the very end of my blue belt that I ever even got super fights because yeah. it wasn't a thing. So the fact that like, I see so many like white belts and blue belts throw hissy fits that they're like, I only had so many super fights. I want more. And it's like, yeah, that's fine that you want more, but we didn't even have those chances.
1: Yeah. Like, glad or- that
0: you have the opportunity to try to get them.
1: Yeah. With your experience too. And this, it's starting, like, it makes sense to me. I think if you are wanting to compete, let's say you're, you're a white belt and you want to compete. I think the smartest thing to do would be to do as many local tournaments as you can, all the small shit, just, you're going to have a lot of, you're going to have a good competitor pool if you're doing small shit. Right. And then the same with
0: blue, it gets a little iffy for women
1: men always, they will always have matches women. It's a little off, but
0: yeah. I mean, I know we've talked about the main reason why we do IBJJF is because we get more matches and it's, as sad. Women, yeah, but it's sad that it's like, I get more matches. I had a whole three people today.
1: Yeah. But no, but
0: like that. Fuji
1: and I'm going to bring up Fuji again. Fuji actually has matches for women and it's a um, smaller circuit. Yeah. Someone. Um, some, but if you're wanting to compete, I think, especially white belt, I would say, do as many local tournaments as you can before you get into IBJJs because it's just going to save you money and nobody cares if you, I mean, you people care if you win, but in the long run, it's not going to be a big deal, um, when you win or lose it at white belt. So take that pressure off of yourself mm-hmm. and just do as many local small things as you can, just to get the experience. And then at blue, same thing. But like I said, if you're going to need a competitor pool, just figure out which tournament circuits work best for you. Um, like we said, as women, it's a little bit harder, but take that opportunity where you can get it. Like I said, I'm a blue belt and I've been offered these rinky dink little super fights, They're literally rinky dink, but it's free turn. It's free competition experience for me. I'm not going to turn that shit down
0: sidebar on like, especially like white belts and blue belts. And this is something that we've experienced. uh, I don't think either of us have really experienced this personally, but we've experienced this dealing with other people in this predicament. If you are like a white and blue belt and you uh, every once in a while compete, it shouldn't just be when you have something coming up. Oh yeah. You get ready. And also like, again, competitors are selfish because You need to focus on what you need to do to get ready for competition. However, Mm. as a whole, and if you are a true teammate, you should be selfless in a sense that you continue training when other people have stuff going on, not just you have stuff and you need somebody because it's really frustrating when you're constantly like, for example, like if I had stuff come up or Misty and we did this, like it happened for months where we were like, we have stuff coming up. We need bodies. And no one would show and then yeah. we would still be getting ready for something and other people would show up and they're like, I have this. So we were pretty much told that we needed to drop everything we were doing to help them get ready, but they would not do that for us. Yeah. That and is a dick. Yeah.
1: It's, and it's, it's the heart of mine. Yeah. No. And it's, it's a problem because you are a team Signing up for competition, you may be at a gym where one, only one person likes to compete regularly and everybody's a hobbyist. Yeah. But if you're in that room, that person's representing a team and you, you want to help them get ready because when you're helping, let's say you have no desire to compete, Mm -hmm. but your teammates do you helping someone get ready for competition is also going to make you better at Mm jujitsu. It just is.
0: And like our, yeah. our coach Brad and like before a lot of our comp classes, like he'll give us like a little talk or things that he's noticed the things they've seen. And like the first couple, he was just like, I don't give a shit. If you ever compete, you are here helping the competitors get out there and you are the reason they win to me. You are a competitor to me. You are better than a competitor because you are doing this for someone else, but still. And like every time he says that and just the fact that so many people are showing up every week now that we have like our comp training that's that's changed to Saturday from 9 to 11. And it's really organized and he's bringing people in. And he's like, this is on the calendar. These are the people competing. We have to get them ready. And so he's like, he makes everybody work. And then those of us that are competing at the end, he's like, all right, now y'all got to get your extra time in. So it's yeah. like, he is pushing us and making sure we have bodies and making sure that we have what we need to be successful. But at the same time, he's so encouraging to the people who aren't competing to continue yeah. to show up. Cause like they're, they're technically there's nothing in it for them, Yeah, but they don't have to be there for shit. They choose no. to be there. And like, well, and- Competitors,
1: when when people compete, for, I think for the most part, I'm going to just make an assumption. They know their teammates help them get ready. They know their teammates help them get better, help them prepare for something. Like uh, when you were back training with us, we have an individual male who would always ask us if cert- he could do certain, th- certain submissions to us or what submissions were allowed.
0: Oh, like I... yeah. Loved him. I miss him so much because at one point I literally came up to him like a couple weeks out from a super fight. And I was like, Hey, you are the most efficient at leg walks. Is it okay? If every class I grab you and you like, we roll together, we get a couple rolls in, we do this. Mm -hmm. Like I asked him and he was just like, yeah, it's fine. He had nothing to gain from it. I was taking his training with everyone else. So that he could help me because that's what it was. He was so much better at legs than I was. I was constantly like, I need you to put me in this and like, teach me how to get out of it. I would ask questions like after class, I would be like, and he would sit there and help me. And he didn't. Yeah. He would be the first person. If there was a new woman rolling he would sacrifice a role with one of the big guys to make sure that she was comfortable and help her. If a kid was yeah. in the class, one of his roles would be with a kid or a team and he would take care of them. And i talked to him before, but he was still able to get the training he wanted. He was just happy to be there.
1: He is one of my favorite teammates and like, he doesn't compete. I, he has no desire to compete, No, but he is one of my favorite people to train with because he takes care of everybody else in the room. And, but he knows how to use his own training too. And we're very lucky. I, I, I hope he knows his value at the gym.
0: I don't think he does, but he, I don't think there's I a lot him. of value.
1: I yeah. like,
0: and it's hard. Leaving, like, I feel like I didn't lo- let there's certain people that I'm like, since leaving, I feel yeah. like I did not let them know how appreciated they were. And yeah. so that's one thing I'm trying to do differently is I'm trying yeah. to make sure that like, so for example, I've got no gi stuff coming up and almost everybody at the gym we go to does gi, and so we've played like the girls have been phenomenal. We have a group chat and they've played musical person where they're like, who's doing Nogi this week. So like making sure they have Nogi stuff for me and at like we'll be in class and they're like, who's your partner? If not, I brought my stuff. So like yeah. they don't even train it normally, but they're making sure I get what I need. And I'm like, I've got a gi in my bag. So if one of y'all needs something, I I do have my gi, you know, so it's like not having to, but being able to do things to help your partners get ready. It means yeah. so much.
1: Yeah. Because I think. Cause we talk about like, there are times where you have to understand where, what a healthy selfishness is for yourself and your training and competing, but there's also a selflessness. Like we had a very reciprocal relationship with two of our female MMA fighters training as well. And one of them, she was training with me every, I think like Tuesday and Thursday in the mornings. Um, and it was because she's so focused on striking her coming to help me get ready for stuff. Just kept her in jujitsu. It just gave, it just kept her jujitsu in her mind. And I was thinking about that and it's because she didn't do GEE. She's an MMA fighter. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, most of her fights were like striking, but she would show up in the gi and do stuff with me. And honestly, I think it's because it helped her stick with training. Mm-hmm. Like it really did. That was the only way she was able to get some sort of jujitsu training was just to show up and help me. Um, and then like, you've had stuff, um, they've had certain things where they've had to be focused on specific positions and we've done I think we've had a very good reciprocal relationship as teammates, even
0: where every single one of our priorities were in different spots. And even if we both had stuff, it was communicating being like, Hey, for like this bit, let's focus on just what you need or Mm -hmm. this far out. We need to focus on just what you need or do you need to drill and not roll? Even if like I could roll, it could be like, Hey, we're going to drill a couple and then I'm going to catch a roll. Somebody else is going to with through and then we're going to like, I'm going to come back to make sure that we're getting what we need. And then on the flip side of it, it's also realizing that in some cases of like being selfless, you're not, you're, you can still be selfish. So like what I said, in terms of teaching this women's class, everybody's like, Oh, you're so selfless. And I'm just a bullshit. (laughs) Like you don't think I'm doing this to get something out of it. Like, yes, I love that people are wanting to come and that we're getting more women, but the selfish side of me is like, yes, I'm developing new training partners. Yeah. And also it's after our competition class. So it's like, I'm getting my training in already, it's not like I'm, it's not not like I'm not able to train. Mm -hmm. I then get to take anything that may have gone wrong, or I may need to work on from comp class and bring that into the class I'm teaching to help myself deal with things that maybe I yeah. or I could improve on. And then I also yeah. roll with the women. So then it's like, okay, like, so it's like, I'll teach the class and then we'll roll for like 30 minutes after. So we'll do like an hour technique and then an additional 30 minutes of rolling or drilling or whatever they need. And it'll be like, all right, I wasn't doing this earlier this morning. How about I try to work on this a little bit now? So I'm using that as my own personal time on in a way to work on stuff from earlier. So everybody's like, Oh, like, it's so great that you're doing this. And part of me is like, I'm getting more mat time and bodies to drill what I need. How is this?
1: (laughs) But you're still, I think essentially it's just, we're continuing selfish in the way where it's like, we're still learning. We're working on different aspects of our skills. So another example would be like, you were learning leg entanglements and leg locks for COVID let's see since COVID right so it's when like, over happened.
0: Here. but I'm I but cannot, I would not have I would not be where I am at in terms of my nogi right now if it wasn't for the fact that you allowed me to just drill yes over and, and you were just like I don't know what's going on but if you figure it out then you can teach me yeah it. and so I wouldn't be able to do any of it without you sacrificing your time letting me drill on you.
1: Yeah. And it's the same thing with everything else. Um, like you're teaching and that's that another thing too, is like when I contribute how I was able to progress in jujitsu, it was because of you, but you're, you are a good teacher. You You are like a natural leader, (laughs) natural teacher. And don't
0: make me cry on the podcast. (laughs) I
1: I won't, but that's another part of it. But what I was going to say is like you wanting to learn leg entanglements and leg locks. What that's done for me is I know the second someone's going for my leg and I know how to defend it. And I just go, and it's not even like I know where I could explain technically what to do. It's I can feel it. And I know you're aware of it. When we were cross training last week, I was getting attacked on the leg and I was like, Don't, I knew it. And it was just, <laughs> I was able to stop it as soon as it was happening. Cause I was like, no, like, and it wasn't even, I was just like shutting it down because I was so used to working on you just working on laying entangle- mm-hmm. entanglements, not even working with the the guy at our gym who does them all the time. I mean, that contributes to it mm-hmm. as well, but I, not even by osmosis. It's even right. <laughs> people will say that, like say that bios- but, like, <laughs> but just like, by like, um, this like passive learning, I guess it's like, it's like a passive way of learning where
0: it's like, I learned it unintentionally. It's not even passive, passive. It's your body learned before your mind learned. Yeah. So, cause there's that, that whole like mind body <laughs> connection aspect of yeah. a lot of people don't talk about but it's like mm-hmm. your body already knew. Yeah. And now your mind's just catching. up. Yeah. And well, now
1: I'm, I'm taking the the classes that we have now where we're actually going over the technical parts of leg locks. But if someone goes for them, I can defend them quickly because I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> I know what it feels like, but, um, I guess it, I guess still kind of ties into everything that we're talking about as far as like, Allocating your training to competition and ego because we did start the podcast kind of just like ranting and bitching about,
0: like, I feel like that's most why are people good, honest? So, <laughs> Even though that's like, how we get our intentions, topics, guys,
1: our intention.
0: Yeah, it's really, we're just like, what the hell is going Like, but Better we see something on social media that like, that like irks us. Yeah. I, okay. I do want to say, I understand the aspect of if something bothers you or annoys you, scroll on by. And I do yeah. that the ones that I get irritated about are normally like people I know personally. And so, or it's like, I know of a situation more than just what's on social media. Yeah. Uh, and then that's like, then it whole irritate. So it's like anything else in life. Right. So Other that's stuff a good I way this media, I scroll on by. Cause it's like, I don't know you. I don't know your situation. I don't know this. I don't know what else is going on. I'm not going to partake in that. That's when I will scroll on by if it's one of those yeah. that like, I know for a fact, that's when, that's when I call up Misty and I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. So
1: that's a, I think kind of like a good way to wrap, wrap up that. Well, did you have anything
0: else to add? No, I think that's a good, like, stop. Well, I was just going to say
1: like, to wrap it up too, is like social media. Like if you're someone who's newer to jujitsu and you're following different competitors or different athletes, the social media aspect of jujitsu for a lot of athletes is it's a business end to it. Um, it's highlights. You don't know, you're not necessarily seeing what's going on in the gym. You Before, don't sure. know how they are as a person. Um, so you've got to take everything, you know, with a grain of
0: salt, you and know, just, just because like someone yeah. has a huge following doesn't mean they're good. Oh yeah,
1: there's the, some amazing
0: people that yeah. don't have social medias. Yeah, there's some there's, really shitty there people are, that have like twenty five thousand followers. Yeah, they there are people you, that win a ton of gold medals, but what you don't know because like they list on like the, their bios where they're like twenty five time gold medal. Well, guess what? Twenty yeah. of those they stepped on a scale and they were the only ones. Yeah, and they count. Um, them. you know there so like, are.
1: I was going to say there are jujitsu legends that don't actively post. Like you said, there are people who are great at jujitsu that don't even have social media. They may not even actively post. You may never see any of their accomplishments that they've had. So you can't really look at the social media aspect. And if you're wanting to compete, you really have to (coughs) communicate with yourself. Oh, that's a dog. That's, That's a dog in the background. (laughs)
0: Cry.
1: i never so, even think to say anything buddy hey, hey her be dog be quiet. one of her dogs will literally run around the house and just like bark
0: oh, right now and cry so
1: yeah so anyways we'll go it's ahead like and his for dinner
0: time <laughs> um i've got heavy breather in my face
1: yeah
0: fluffy one. um so we'll
1: go ahead and wrap it up thanks for continuing to support the podcast continuing to listen we're still out of our instagram so if you want to follow us i'm at what misty does and if they see my podcast by instagram they're gonna be like bullshit there she is posting her medals and like being Ah! on the podium but whatever
0: i was i never said that i
1: wasn't i never said i wasn't ego driven i'm just pointing
0: out you know, it's really uh, funny. There's a picture I want to post and it's not even of like hand raise or anything. I'm literally just making this funny ass face uh standing on stage. And for some reason it's like my favorite picture. And I really want to be like caption this, but then I'm scared of the captions. I'm going to get, Oh (laughs) yeah, you should do it anyways.
1: And then, uh, you can follow Keely at Keely McCarty. Keely is teaching, uh, women's classes in Denver.
0: Yep. In Denver at, Fuck. What was it? Four, four, three, four, Cherokee street, Denver. It's like right outside of downtown on at 12 PM mountain time on Saturdays. And then we also will do open mats and events from time to time. Yeah. Uh, there's also a really fantastic women's class Saturdays, I think at 11 AM and that's with her tag is at uh Jitsu Jess and it's in Colorado Springs. She's fantastic too. So if there's any women in the Colorado area or you're visiting or something like that, you have plenty of women options to choose from.
1: Yeah. Cause it's what compound. What? Compound. What's the name of it? Okay. Um, so yeah. Uh thanks for listening and enjoy whatever. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.